0: In early summer this year, I was lucky enough to spend a few days visiting my good friend Shan Stacey, who is, brilliantly, the island manager of Bardsey, or Enly, off the coast of North Wales. I've wanted to interview her for Lekker for quite a while. We've been friends for a few years, and I'd been to visit her quite a few times when she lived in Cardiff, but I'm fascinated by her life on this tiny island, just one mile long and 0.6 miles wide. It's taken me a while to get round to visiting though. It's relatively difficult to get there and only really possible for visitors during the summer months. You only find out for sure whether Colin the boatman will be crossing the night before. Then, if he gives you the green light, you need to drive to a farm on the mainland where you park your car in a field, then make your way down to a tiny secluded bay, where Colin will appear at great speed around the headland, load up your luggage and drive you across to Bardsey. And in our case, it was Shan herself driving the tractor into the water ready to tow Colin's boat up the slipway on the island. There are many interesting and unique things about day-to-day life here, as you'll discover. But more importantly, I wanted
1: to know, what does she eat? In the past, the islanders used to go and um, take the bird's eggs. So the Manx eggs and the razorbill eggs, they'd eat them for extra protein. That seems bad. Apparently that's what they used to do but this is like hundreds of years ago sure but yeah we don't do that now no <laughs> no
0: manx here or no eggs for breakfast no
1: but yeah the samphire is pretty tasty for a coastal treat if you're steering. yeah it is good it does taste weirdly like carrots I know and also weirdly like black pepper mm. it's got like it a does. numbing actually that bit tasted different I don't know if that bit has been weed on <laughs> it's quite low down for sheep to wheel. Isn't? I know that's why I thought I'd get this stuff. But then they are quite agile, aren't they? I'm sure this has grown. It didn't used to be this much here. But it's a nice little snackette Yeah. When you're on your way around the island, delivering luggage and such like. <laughs> Take. A posy of samphire. So just enjoying the seal chorus. Well, so you could eat the seaweed too. Oh yeah. But I, I don't. I think there's a particular type of seaweed that's best. But in Wales, it's quite a tradition. Lava bread. Oh, of course. The seaweed. Yeah, of course. Does your phobia of seaweed extend to eating it? Uh. Oh yeah. No, I could eat seaweed. I <laughs> that's have. Eaten showing it bread. who's boss. Exactly. <laughs> Try not and go Alan Partridge. Sometimes I get a bit Alan Partridgey. You're not gonna get Alan Partridge. Yeah. It's fine. I'll edit I'll edit the partridge out. Yeah. I reckon I can Welcome edit- to the places of my life. <laughs> gonna make some bread today. This truly is the place of your life though, isn't it? It kind of is, yeah that's true. So tell me where we are. So we are in my kind of ship's galley kitchen at the back of our house with massive Welsh slate slabs. Um, it's pretty hefty aren't original
0: 1870 because yeah, that's when these houses were built,
1: yeah, 1870s. So, they're... which is pretty
0: amazing, they've they've built them to last,
1: yeah. Well, they're kind of weird, they're weirdly big f- buildings for such a small island, but yeah, no, they're pretty sturdy. Um, yeah, they are actually. Mm. They yeah. were too well. That's kind of why people left the island because this guy that owned the island at the time, Lord Newburgh, he rebuilt all these buildings for them I think it was his like philanthropic gift, but. Um, they've each got a fireplace in every room. So to go from a little, like, bothy with one fireplace for a family of five to having to keep six fireplaces going was just unsustainable. So probably one of the reasons people left at the time.
0: So how many people live here now, full-time?
1: Just four of us, full-time. There's more... No, there's the same number of dogs as there are humans here over winter. Only recently there was any Yeah. So... And how nice. many
0: if the island is full, so with visitors, how many how many maximum?: um,
1: No more than 65?
0: That's quite that's a big difference. Yeah, it is yeah, four
1: to 65. Yeah. So normally this time of year there's 12 other residents, So the guys down at the observatory, Colin's parents who still lobster fish around the coasts, and then us on the farm. Can you hear the swallows? Yeah, there's a little cheep. They just, nice. they just. Um, some of them are just fledging from the nest, so they keep coming around the garden. You I saw some them the of them top. flying
0: earlier. Yeah, can
1: you hear the little cheeping. Yeah,
0: yeah. How did you end up in this kitchen on
1: this island? <laughs> I got a job that I applied for. So, I've been coming to Barsley since I was eight. So it's kind of like my second home, and there was a job advertised for Island Manager so I thought what the hell I'll give it a go and got the job which was exciting and terrifying and then we moved here well Mark my partner he already lived here he was at the observatory so that was a, an added bonus um, but we moved to live here full time on December the 27th uh, not lasted the year before so it's pretty intense we we arrived and this the whole kitchen needed to clean before we even did anything and there was like a dead starling in the front room and uh, yeah. And that was your barty welcome? That was the welcome. We did have nice warm welcome from the people from the farmers but yeah. That was dead, the island's welcome. Dead birds and mould everywhere and mice. Yeah. And um, day-to-day, what what does your life look like? Uh, it does differ between the time of the year and the day of the week. So this time of year I've got to look after all the guests So start their ovens, uh, still wearing a wetsuit if I've just been for a swim, as happened last night. Take luggage down to the boat, do changeovers on Saturday, uh, try and fix anything that breaks, put new window panes in the windows, painting, like, anything. So quite a lot of, and then night boring paperwork as well. It's not completely free from that type of stuff.
0: And... Can you explain some of the ways in which life here is different to on the
1: mainland? Uh, so we're off-grid, which is an easy way to start. So we have no sewage system here, so we have compost toilets. So I have to empty my bucket of compost human waste maybe once a week. Twice. That's the way you said compost human waste is like vaguely parted. Like <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you. Yep, compost human waste... Uh, Tip: Don't empty it if it gets to the tickle factor, because it's quite heavy. Don't do it on a hangover, and you get to know each other quite well. But it's actually fine. Like you've said, the toilets are like fine. They don't smell as I've bad. I've been either.
0: here less than twenty-four hours, and we got used to it. The yeah. sawdust, the sawdust that you sprinkle on top is not sprinkle an amazing natural neutralizer yeah.
1: of all kinds of odors. The thing you've got to remember, well, I you might be okay for only like five days, is remember to flush when you do go back to the mainland. <laughs> That's what I find. The first toilet I get to, I'm like, no, I must flush it. Can't just leave can't, it. Can't sprinkle anything on that. I've got You're to flush reaching it. for something to sprinkle on yeah. top. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and what else? The water comes from the island well. That's yeah. So you have to boil it before you drink it
0: yeah so there's actually there's two types of water that the guests use in their houses isn't there Cause you, yeah you there's a sign when you come in so, so there's the well that's for drinking but still needs to be boiled yeah
1: and then rain water uh for washing um which luckily this morning we had a bit of rain surprise surprise in Wales. but we haven't had much rain recently so um that's quite a relief to get the, the rainwater.
0: is there ever a worry that is it dried up for you
1: Uh, not in my time but um, I've been here when it's dried up and it's quite we have to ask guests to bring over their own drinking water and then they'll have to use the well water for washing and it's Mm. it makes it makes you appreciate like things so much more and the the process of doing things like what we're going to do there's time involved in things so Mm. it's not that life goes slow here it's just that you have to build in more time to do like, really basic things. Um, Even just boiling a kettle? Yeah, so, like, having a tea break here takes at least, like, 45 minutes because it takes, like, 20 minutes to boil the kettle sometimes. <laughs> and you got to go milk the goat. Yeah, and then you've got to milk the goat, which we'll do later. Yeah. So it's... Uh, but it's nice. It makes you appreciate um, like th- simple things, really.
0: And what about electric and gas?
1: So I've got, in my house, electric, which is generated through solar. All the other houses that people can come and stay in. They only have electric for a fridge. Um, so there's no other... There's no Wi-Fi. I've got Wi-Fi. Thank God. Uh, but no, But that's for your job. That's <laughs> my job, exactly. Um, and for messaging friends. Of like course. You. Yeah. Um, but people that come to stay here don't have that. Uh, there's no phone signal here. So if you want to phone anyone, you've got to climb a mountain. Um, if you... Yeah. And still then, I'm imagining there's still no 3G. Uh, no, apparently somebody found a rock on the south end the other day with 4G. Okay, I might have to go and find that rock. Yeah. It's 4G <laughs> rock. So, but I don't think I don't really want to put it on the map because there's something you don't this is what's nice about this place. You don't see people with screens. So, people are kind of always engaged in what's going on around them and who they're with, uh, which is really nice.
0: I think the thing that's been really obvious to me since I got here is that you become like much more aware of the impact that everything you do has on what we have so the water for example you're really aware of what you take because you're like okay well I'm going to boil this much and that's going to use that much gas mm. and then I'm going to make sure that I've got that for drinking but I don't want to heat too much because that's going to be a bit of a waste we don't you know yeah and then guests have to take their rubbish away with them so yeah. you're sort of confronted with that even though obviously you put the, bin- the bins out there's something about having to actually travel back with <laughs> yeah everything that you've used that can't be composted
1: yeah and so for us like residents that live here like we don't have a rubbish like collection because you know Colin the boatman doesn't want to put our bins in the rubbish each week so we basically wait until we go off and then take all our rubbish with us so we have to be really like like we obsessively clean our recycling just to avoid the smell (laughs) you know I mean we keep it all in in one of the sheds but things like that that um you really kind of think about mm-hmm. um yeah so there's stuff like that i'm sure there's other things i mean like last night i said it was my bath night and it's like going back like a 100 years but this time of year like we don't have a full wash every day like i have a tub wash because you but can't you can't we just don't have enough water and it's quite funny you'll go right i like go down to the farm and i'll notice that one of them's got wet hair and i was like oh is it bath night it was our bath night too that's funny and like we're just like comparing these like little island quirks so yeah and then yeah I suppose the other thing is trying to to grow our own food because getting food shipping can be quite challenging um particularly during the winter months
0: that's definitely something I want to talk about so as a how do you kind of plan ahead or do you how do you kind of
1: go about planning what to eat so when we arrived our kitchen looked like a corner shop like we had just like cans everywhere because that's what kind of gets you through the winter um so we do do, like, a big order, um, us and the farm do an order with Suma. Um, so we have, like, bulk things arrive, which is, makes a big difference. Um,
0: and how does that get here?
1: So it gets delivered to the farm on a pallet, and then they've got this crane on the main, where they'll load it into the boat. But then when it gets here, we manhandle each item individually. Um, so that's kind of the other thing. Like, all of your things are on for all to see. So, you know, if you go to Tesco and you're, like, oh, I'll sneak in a packet of, like digestives or something, I don't know, probably a bit more naughty than running through a field of wheat. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't like order, I don't know, like Rachel at the farm has got this weird addiction to sauerkraut. So last time, like there were like four pallets of sauerkraut that came on, I was like, what the? Like, what's that about? But you can't like, yeah, so everyone knows basically what you're eating, how it's own scenarios like that. And then we also get Tesco deliveries, um, which have to arrive at the farm. But we have to know that Colin, the boatman, is going to go the following day because you can't often get them in the morning before he comes. So that's kind of what we order our fresh things through. But if that doesn't happen when it should happen and the weather gets in the way, it's a bit of a waste of money and very frustrating. So, especially. Well, you know it's there. Yeah, like we had a moment in the winter where we delayed a, a trip because we delayed our order because we thought Colin was cancelling, but he didn't. But by this point, we'd already delayed it. Then it, we had it delivered on the Friday, but then the weather turned. So it didn't come until the Monday. So things like, I don't know, like quiches and like cheeses and yogurts and stuff like that, that you kind of really crave and cucumbers and lettuce had like just started to wilt. And it's like we had been waiting quite a few weeks for some kind of fresh, crunchy things, not from a tin.
0: Is that the thing you miss most, the crunch? Like what, yeah. What, so what are your biggest
1: cravings when, like, in the depths of winter? Um, probably fruit and, like, cucumbers, things like that. So I thought it would be, like, pizzas and, like, takeaways. But actually, like, especially when you listen to podcasts like lekker, you can make your own curry from scratch there's no delivery although the other week i did have someone bring me around a curry they'd made too much and they were like it was about nine o'clock they were like hello um we've got a curry i was like oh my god amazing and like i didn't eat it at the time but we had it the following night and then another time some guys went fishing and they had some mackerel and they turned up we'd had dinner but it was fresh out the sea so i was like brilliant so i had mackerel for pudding and just like pan fried it with some butter and it was just amazing are you tempted to start fishing? I tried, and I'm not brilliant. But I don't know how you'd be good at fishing. It's just, like, patience. Yeah. And... Practice, patience. Yeah. So tell me what you're going to make. It's really exciting. It's bread. <laughs> but you
0: see, this is one of those things that we take for granted fully. Yeah. And you can't just get a loaf of bread from the corner shop. No. Um... So the bread that most of the bread that you eat, is it bread that you make?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, like, pretty normal to have, like, I'll get up in the morning and just get the bread going. Because I try and do two rises, because I find it's a little bit nicer. Um, but then you've got a, it's useful because we've got a raven, which is our hot water system, and our heating in one room system. Um,
0: and you cook in that?
1: Yeah, so I'll rise it on it, and I'll whack the heat up, so then I can cook it, and the, it seems to cook it way better. I don't know why. Cause think, you've
0: got the gas oven as well. But.
1: Yeah, the gas. I think the gas is like too harsh a heat or too hot. There's something about the Raven; it just mm. makes it better, um, and still really crusty. Nice. Um, yeah. So, shall I start? Yeah. Talking through. Uh, so, I tend to mix my flours because if you make it just with white bread flour, um, it's a bit too like sliced white bread which is also kind of my favorite thing ever um yeah you were
0: saying that's your guilty pleasure yeah sliced white that's a treat frozen sliced white
1: bread frozen sliced white bread because it literally I can have toast in like two seconds rather than making a loaf from scratch so so yeah I'll put like just over half like two thirds white and then mix it with um wholemeal I did try I wanted to be really good at um, sourdough. I wanted that to be my thing, but I tried it and failed abysmally, and have never gone back to try it again. <laughs> As we said, why well, do things that you crap at? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's really not very good, messaging. Is it? <laughs> the thing is, with this job, there's so much stuff. Like, I've had to learn like everything, like yeah. how to sterilise a drinking water system, how to fix windows, and. How to put doors back on hinges. How to
0: modernise a composting toilet system. Exactly.
1: Toilet poop it revolution. So I kind of just want to be able to do something good and so stick actually... to what I can do. So I'm using water from the tap just because we're gonna cook it. So it's gonna get so that's straight out of the well and normally you'd boil it before. Normally i boil it. So I've mixed it with some boiled water already. But um the rest is from the top, so we shouldn't die because we're going to cook it, so it'll be fine. And I've got, I hate, so Mark, my partner, makes doesn't make bread that often, but when he does make it, I can't stand and watch him because he just, like, goes all in, and I am quite fussy about how I make my bread. So, oh, you've got to put
0: the water in gradually.
1: Yeah. yeah, and you've got to make a little well for the yeast. Yeah, so the yeast
0: is going
1: in. Yeast is going in. I do... So this is 500 grams. This is like one large loaf. Uh, not a kilogram on there. And I think I think I do a spoon and a half of yeast. But I might put a bit more because this has been open for a while. Bread making is an art, not a science. Actually, it is definitely a science. <laughs> it's kind of in the middle, isn't it? Yeah. It's like a, a humanities degree.
0: That's And so, we would both know about that. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this is Goldsmith's bread. Um, and also salt, but the key thing being that you put it around the edge, otherwise you'll kill the yeast. So if you put it around the edge, by the time you've mixed the yeast in, it, it's got a chance to do its thing. No way. And come alive, otherwise you kill it. straight away. I think people know that. I didn't know that. Didn't you? No. I don't mean do bread that think? often, but I didn't know that. Also, use sort olive of There's a tip my friend Tim taught me, was rather than put flour... That was the bread, that wasn't a wee. Did it sound like a wee? It did sound like a wee. Uh, rather than, you know, like put like a floured surface, he said if you do it with an oil surface, it goes much better. So oh. That is good to know, because otherwise you end up adding too much flour to the bread, because it needs to be sticky. Yeah, and you've already weighed the flour. So the more flour you add, it's going to change it. Whereas. Very good point. That oil doesn't do it too bad. So I put a little bit in with it as well. Just Some people put butter. Mm-hmm. so i've gone in with my hands now because it, i find that once you get to a certain stage unless you use your hands you don't know how it how it feels and you don't know yeah. how much because you can totally overdo the water and then you've got a mess so if you go in like i think a year and a half ago i've kept adding water because it looks a bit dry around the sides. yeah you know, but it's a bit of flour it does take time for the um Whatever it is, the flour to get into the water and the water to get into the flour. So if you just give it like a half knead. Yeah. Um, it helps. Oh, I forgot the seeds. Sometimes oh, I, you're gonna make a seed bread? Yeah. Um, where are they? I don't know if I've got any left. This was our oh, yeah, so is our anti mouse. Oh yes, a big plastic system. boxes. You said
0: uh, there are no rats on the island. Oh got you sorry, very yeah. important. So uh, there are no rats on the island, but there are mice. Uh,
1: yes, and we have a lot of mice problems
0: in the winter. Uh, I guess because they're cold and there's nothing for them to eat.
1: Well, yeah, they come in and, like, stay inside, and they're really clever brothers. And apparently, one of the stories I've heard is that a few years ago, they kept having mice in the observatory. So as an experiment, they caught some of the mice, took them all the way to the lighthouse, which is, like, a mile and a half away, and they painted nail varnish... This is a bit of the story I don't believe because no way did anyone have nail varnish on them. So it must have been like gloss paint or something. But anyway, took them down to the lighthouse, set them free, and the same mice returned to the observatory a mile and a half away. That's really weird. Yeah. We've had sneaky mice. I guess they know a good thing when they see it. Yeah. We we trap them with peanut butter because that's what they love yeah, the most. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's the thing. They don't like
1: cheese. They're not bothered. No, peanut butter, chocolate, and peanut butter. Yeah, but they will quite often come and take the peanut butter and not get caught. And sometimes we we use these big kilogram tubs of peanut butter, um, the uh, Meridian stuff, and it's like got a really tough lid. And I'd hidden one because Mark uh, is a peanut butter fiend, so I'd hidden one in a in a cupboard. And I came to it one and I was like, Ah, there's a You here, loads of peanut butter and it's February and they'd already eaten through the lid into the peanut butter. It was a sad day. It was a oh very sad day. Oh my god. That is so gutted. So yeah, the mouse trap came out that night. But we didn't have any peanut butter to put on it.
0: Had they eaten all of the peanut butter out of the tub?
1: Uh no, they'd just eaten some of it, but okay. like we couldn't have eaten. Yeah, it. of course. They um the other day they climbed up. Onto this height, onto our coffee pots basically. Yeah. And we had bananas hanging down there and they nibbled the bottom of the bananas. So they climbed all the way up to nibble the bottom. Oh god. Yeah. Bananas is another thing in the winter I crave. A lot.
0: Because that's, you can't. I mean, you can freeze bananas, but then they don't defrost into a banana. You could use them in a banana bread, but...
1: Yeah, but also frozen bananas, I discovered, are amazing. Yeah, they are. Chop if you puree up... them, yeah. But even chop them up, we had them in the summer, it's just little. Sort of... oh.
0: if you If you blend them, they become like... that. the texture is like ice cream. Ooh, nice. And you can nice. add some peanut butter in. Like,
1: this is really good. But I, mean, I don't know if you have... do you have a blender? I do, actually, but it's got to be a sunny day.
0: Yeah. But that's fine. Well, there you go. You can have some banana ice cream in the, uh, when it's thanks when, when it's, sunny. Time it's sunny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, another tip I learned from a friend is to wash the bowl. Okay. When it's gonna rise, because it just helps it rise, oh. and it does seem to make a difference. So, you're using the same bowl that you mixed it in, but you've it. given it a wash. Yeah. Plus it means that less, if you don't wash the bowl, you will never get bread off the bowl when it dries. So it Yeah, that's true. It's like an excuse to wash it. Especially when you have to, I mean, you guys have hot water here, but if you were having to boil your water. It's like... Yeah, exactly. And it gives the dough a chance to just rest for a few minutes until you then start kneading it. How many times do you think you've made bread since you moved here? Mm, 50. Right, sixty two hundred times. So it's like once a week. I can't. Sometimes I can't be bothered to make it more than once a week. Yeah. Or well, it's just timing-wise. Like, I'm very lucky that essentially I work from home. But if I'm out in a house painting, I've then got to come back an hour later to. Like, give it a second need. It's or not ideal, yeah. And I've got to clean my hands with paint and all of that stuff. So. But if you're having a bad day, kneading dough is pretty... Um, uh, therapeutic. Therapeutic. Yeah. Therapeutic.
0: Yeah, because you can't really get away from... Um, well, I mean, you can, you're very... It's, you know, the houses are quite far apart, but... It's such a small community that if someone's pissing you off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's normally, it's not normally people on the island. (laughs) And it's also, yeah, like it is difficult to snap yourself out of things in the Mm. winter. Mm. Because, yeah. And you can't just go for a swim. (laughs) Not in the winter, no. (laughs) We would go running, but it's pretty muddy. Mm. Um, But yeah, things don't work here. You can't, like, go down the shop and ask someone to fix it which one part, part of me thinks that's really cool because I've learned to fix loads of stuff and you go down and ask the farmers and they're like, hey guys, do you do this? Have you done this before? And they're like, oh yeah, we know how to do that. And then I can sometimes return the favour. <laughs> Hopefully more this year. Um, which is just nice. But then at the other side, it's like, if I've not got a part, I've got to wait two weeks at least for it to be delivered in the winter. So you, can... you don't know if the boat's going to be even running every day. Oh, it doesn't, it runs like, you'd be lucky if it's once a week in the winter. So if I've ordered something in the post this time of year, we only get post once a week. In the winter, it's like once every two or three weeks. So like a job you set out to do one morning, you may potentially not get it done until like the next month, which is a pain. So yeah, then you go to need to make the world better. Seems like a pretty good way of dealing with it. Yeah. I think I might have put too much olive oil in this. It feels a bit like a cheeky massage. Oh, but no.
0: <laughs> now, I mean, at least you've got guests who are leaving food for you. And when they go, so you've got maybe a bit more variety of what you can
1: eat, especially fresh food. What are the recipes that got you through the winter? Yeah, so when I moved here, um, I got the Jack Monroe's first book, um, which is all about kind of budget cooking. And... Um, although, but which is
0: funny because fresh food is is ex- the expensive thing for a lot of people now. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, for most people, that's the thing that's more unaffordable. Yeah. So that's funny that that's convenient for you in a different way.
1: Yeah, because basically, in the winter, like we we'll, most of our dinners will be like you know a tomato sauce or whatever with pasta or rice, or and it's based big. from tins. It's tins. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a freak out because we only had one onion. And Mark didn't quite understand the like importance of the fact that we only had one onion. That like, is a grave situation. Yeah, exactly. Even for me, and I live opposite a 24-hour corner shop. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, we've got to get some onions on. And lucky the farm had some from that they picked. So it was. Oh, there was this cool day in winter where we were getting a bit low on fresh food. And I went down to the farm with a bag for life that we've got here. Came back half an hour later with a bag for life full of leeks, onions, garlic... I was like, oh this is the way to do it. Yeah, that must have been that must been a pretty amazing
0: Yeah.
1: Were you expecting to as well? I thought I'd get some leeks, but I didn't realise they had onions, which was pretty nifty. Um but yeah, Jack Marone's book is really good and just uses like, you know, spices and like lemons and um, that last forever anyway, to like give your food a bit of freshness, even mm-hmm. if it's not um fresh food. And then also what I quite liked that I didn't expect was because I quite I love cooking, um, and I like trying new recipes, but you can't really do here. Um, but when people leave you food, uh, which happens quite regularly, which is lovely, um, it does differ in what it is. Yeah. But you kind of like on Saturday we had loads of food left and we shared it all out amongst people anyway. But I was like, right, what do I do with a courgette, some dodgy spring onions, and like something else? So I just like you kind of have to create a meal out of what you've got. Yeah. Which I really like, and you know when. We eventually probably move to the mainland at some point. Hopefully, that I'll like keep that. that. So, because I was terrible when I used to live on the mainland, it's so easy just to pop into the shop on the way home and think like, what do I want for dinner, rather than what have I got in. Whereas with us, it's like, what is going off first? And also, we eat things when like most people wouldn't eat them. And we got like in there's a few apple trees on the island in someone else's house, and we got delivered like two crates of apples which lasted us through till December because we kept them in the cold out of the light. But, you know, with them we made, like, loads of crumbles. And it is quite seasonal. You do kind of find it seasonal. Um, Yeah, so, yeah. And, like, now I've just made elderflower cordial. Which is delicious. Thank you. Compared to last year's failure, where someone told me that elderflower champagne is just as easy to make, they were lying. That's a big lie. So I basically (laughs) made, like, a fermented elderflower mess that stayed in our living room for like four weeks. Yeah, I'm thinking I've got gins in a tin. Gins in a tin are like the best thing since sliced bread, for sure. Because I will, my drinking isn't such that I will get through a bottle of tonic. Yeah, and each it goes time. flat. Yeah, and yeah. it goes flat straight away. So a gin in a tin is just perfect.
0: Yeah, because the, the answer to tonic going flat would be cans of tonic. But then if we're going to have cans of tonic, you might as well have cans of gin and tonic.
1: Yeah. Plus glass here is a bit annoying because for uh, us to get rid of glass um, it's quite difficult um, so it's just easier to have things in it's aluminium yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. knowingly, my favourite cider hasn't gone into that yet. It's it's doing glass, glass bottles. Yeah so I have to not have so much. There we go. Great. That's it's on. It's looking nicely oiled. Yeah. Uh, and then I put it over the raven for like an hour. And that's the first rise yeah well the second rise i just like punch the air out of it and then put it in the tin and let it rise again in the tin and then pop it in but i've had a few occasions where i've either let it rise for too long and then when it goes in the oven it's so ready to go it just flops Mm. or um like the oven's too hot and it burns and yeah you've got to remember the magic tap as well when you take it out of the oven oh and the hollow tap on the bottom yeah yeah that's the key yeah yeah. Great, let's get it up the top of the raven. Um, I just put some clean from which isn't very sustainable island with me. but needs a damp need... tea towel. Yeah, the thing is our tea towels are never that clean. Mm. Actually, you know, those ones should be clean. What's the situation with laundry? Oh, well, when we moved here, it was hand washing in the bath, which was a nightmare. And I completely appreciate how difficult life must have been for people. <laughs> But then about four or five months into the job, as was late of mine a plumber. So I applied him over here with beer. And him and his, like, six-year-old daughter really sweetly put in our washing machine. But again, you've got to wait for a sunny day right, um, to run that. So not much washing in winter? Uh, No. <laughs> no, in or, general. Yeah, or you wait until we have to turn the generator on. And then we do it then. So...
0: Okay, yeah, great. So I got to try Sean's breads when it was ready, and it was delicious. Uh, the butter that I attempted to make by hand from the goat's milk I collected less so. If you keep listening after my outro, you can actually hear a little clip of me, the biggest townie in the world, milking a goat. Thank you to Shan for everything for this episode. We had such a wonderful time on Bardi, despite the terrible weather. Uh, I'd highly recommend a visit. And if you can't manage to get there, Sean's blog is a great insight into life there. Uh, you can find it at uk. I always love reading her new posts. As ever, thanks to Ben MacDonald for his beautiful illustrations. He's done an amazing one of Bardi, which you can see on our Instagram and Twitter, at Lecker Podcast on our website, LekkaPodcast.com, and also on the brand new Lekka Tiny Letter. Uh, The Tiny Letter is going to be kind of a companion to each podcast episode. The first one went out with this one, and it's got some original writing from Sean as well as some recommending additional reading, listening and viewing, all kind of around the theme of what's going on in the episode, which is, of course, islands. You can sign up and also view the letter archive at tinyletter.com forward slash Lekka. Also thanks to Audio Boom for hosting Lekka and particularly to Alex Ad there for her continued support. Thanks Alex, you are the best. And of course, thanks to you for listening. I'm very aware that I haven't really been releasing episodes consistently at all and this is something I'm working very hard to rectify. I've got some exciting ones planned for you so please do watch this space. And to play us out, as promised... Here's the very patient, Bardzie Goats.
1: Come on, Goats. Come on, come on. Good girl.
0: Come on, Snowdrop. So like Snowdrop's the kid. Oh, yeah, Snowdrop's
1: the little baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. That looks like the bucket. I did it a proper washing, so. Cool. Come on, Goats. Morwena. Morwena. Come on then,
0: <laughs> you two. No, not
1: that way. <laughs> That's
0: it, slower. I did not predict that was actually going to work. <laughs> I'm basically a goat whisperer. You
1: should get into vlogging, I think. Because you're not going to capture this on there. <laughs> I <Like> know! <that. laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm not going to capture that the goats are fully coming towards me
1: Come
0: on then Oh you sneaky Come on, come yeah Where they're coming in here? Yeah, that one
1: where the rat- where going Come on goats Let's get her going, sometimes getting them going is a bit fiddly Well <laughs> they're Do you want to have go? Yeah, all right. So you kind of want to, you pull. But when you do that, it brings milk down into the oven and then you kind of squeeze it like that. So you want to lock that, lock the milk off, so it can go back up into her. Okay. Into her oven. Okay. So you just hold on to the top of the teat. Okay. That's it. Oh, brilliant.
0: How often have you been kicked in the face?
1: Never in the face, it's the foot in the bucket that's the worst. Oh, yeah,
0: that's annoying. Lucy's got
1: it already. (laughs) Uh, Amazing. (laughs) Oh, hello.
0: This
1: is when the fun starts here. When, I mean, when the food's are running. out. there. Oh. Stay Stay there. Stay there. Stay there. Stay Stay there. Here Away. No. Well, out! <laughs> You're all right the the. Yeah, probably will be all right if it chucks on my head. It's alright, it's gone. Sorting it out the other game. <laughs> when they fight, is the worst. <laughs> really bad. That
0: still makes sense that she's got one brewing.
1: I don't know whether she's empty or <laughs> not. Stay there, Marwana. It's weirdly satisfying, this, it's isn't really it? really satisfying. <laughs> <So laughs> Especially when you get the sound of it hitting yeah, yeah, I, I remember she's you telling Charlie, it's good to get the milk frothing in the bucket, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's so a sign that things are coming right. I'll take some up for the new porridge.
0: Yeah,
1: if that's
0: alright. I like it, yeah. Yeah, we had some in our tea, so we can uh, get the full island milk experience.
1: Yeah.